exploring the lives of ordinary Chinese people, sharing stories of impressive personalities. Life Up Close, presenting real China and real Chinese living. Life Up Close, where you'll find out the latest about the ever-changing Chinese society. I'm your host Sam Duckett in Beijing. In this edition of Life Up Close, we'll focus on the life and writings of late Chinese writer Chen Zhongshi, who died over a week ago. And also, we'll get a close look at China's children's book market in the eyes of novelist Cao Wenxuan. Chen Zhongshi is regarded as an iconic writer of the life and tradition in rural China. His masterpiece, White Deer Plain, draws on his decades of rural life, poverty, solitude, Chinese traditions, and his own observations. I say, "Oh, I've been here for many years." I said to him that I had not written prose for years. These writings could not be published during the Cultural Revolution years. I had only written work summaries and the study summaries of Mao Zedong thought for my commune. In the end, I pulled myself together and wrote some prose for the newspaper. This was the first writing marking my return to the literary world. This story was about a POA soldier collecting herbs in a mountainous area and treating the locals. The Beijing-based novelist Cao Wenxuan snapped the Hans Christian Andersen Prize, the highest international recognition given to an author of children's books, in April this year. Drawing on his childhood experience of poverty and hardship. Tao's stories capture some raw and unvarnished moments of real life of grassroots Chinese. Chinese's children, he needs these kinds of books. Chinese kids need these stories. They also enjoy these stories, which is the result of our history. We can't sugarcoat the reality, since we did live through our childhood in tremendous difficulties. If a society treats happiness as its sole touchstone, I think this society really should examine itself. All these and much more are in this week's Life Up Close. Chinese writer Mo Yan, a Nobel Literature Prize laureate, is probably quite well known by readers worldwide for his famous descriptions of rural China. But while Mo Yan's works are highly recommended, novels by his contemporary and the late Chen Zhongshi must surely be on the short list of must-read Chinese literature. Chen's masterpiece, White Deer Plain, draws on his decades of rural life, poverty, solitude, China's traditions, and his own observations. A heavy smoker and a big drinker. His own life was as intense as the cigars he smoked and the liquor he drank. These two habits once faithfully accompanied his solitary writing days. Now belonging to history, the iconic writer left a huge legacy for us to review and renew. In this special edition of Life Up Close, we focus on the life and the writings of Chen Zhongshi, who died on April twenty ninth, age seventy three. The film White Deer Plain is about two hours long, but the timeline of the novel on which the film is based 
happened over decades. From the beginning to the very end, it was never free of hardship, diligence, and pain. The father and author behind all of it was Chen Zhongshi, a self-made and much celebrated writer. His masterpiece novel *White Deer Plain* focuses on rural life in the transformation years of 20th-century China. The novel draws on real life, but is different from it, and Chen's own life makes a fascinating novel in itself. Chen Zhongshi was born in 1942 in a farmer's house in the eastern suburbs of Xi'an, northwest China's Shanxi Province. The city is right at the center of the geographical map of today's China. It once served as the imperial capital for a great number of powerful dynasties in ancient China. Growing up in such a geocultural region, Chen's childhood was carefree and down to earth. I spent my childhood in quite a primitive, natural environment. After class, especially at the weekends, I would cut and collect grass with oxen on the slopes of the hills. As a kid, I couldn't help playing with my mates instead of doing my work, and it was only after sunset, when it became cool at dusk, that I rushed off to do it. On the hillsides grew wild peaches and apricots, and there were also grasshoppers, which we kids were very interested in. We caught the small insects in the thorn bushes. Chen's childhood years coincided with a nationwide zeal to rebuild the country in the early 1950s, after the Communist Party of China and its allies founded New China in 1949. The little boy's carefree childhood gradually faded away as time passed, and in his later teenage years, Chen began to realize he had an affection for literature. The only difference between me and my classmates at that time was that I was reading and quiet flows the dawn. It was in the second grade of my junior high school that I began to love literature. It was just a coincidence. At that time, the state was carrying out educational reforms on our Chinese course. The course was divided into literature and linguistics. The linguistics class taught Chinese grammar, while the literature textbook had a collection of literary works for us to learn. In the textbook, I read Widow Tian watching over the melon, a short novel by writer Zhao Shuli. I suddenly recognized the similarity between the story of Widow Tian and the life of a woman like that in my own village, although my literary appreciation wasn't very mature yet. I was impressed that this kind of everyday life could be turned into a novel. And even get included in a high school textbook, I was seeing this kind of life every day. Why couldn't I write about it too? This reading experience stimulated me and helped me to realize my potential. So I began to write novels in this genre of literature. 
The young boy's first attempt at writing literature was about the fight against communization of privately owned peach gardens in his home village. Communization of rural life was at its height during the late 1950s. Chen's composition was given five plus by his teacher on an evaluation scale of one to five. The young boy was certainly encouraged, and he began to write a daily diary and other literary words as a way of training himself. In 1962, Chen Zhongshi graduated from his senior high school. The year 1962 marked the end of a three-year famine and a disastrous time for the economy. But the biting impact of those three years of national hardship lasted longer. Universities cut the number of recruits, and as a consequence, Chen Zhongshi didn't land a seat in college. The young man returned to his hometown and began to work in a rural primary school, not paid by the state. He still read and wrote as a way to comfort himself and to improve his poor living conditions. He told himself. To get as much experience of real life as possible, to prepare for his then seemingly distant literary dream. After 1962, the young man had spent some 20 years living and working in his rural hometown, and these years had a huge impact on his future writings. Chen Zhongshi later recalled that his first officially published writing was a prose named "Crossing the Liuxia River at Night." The article appeared in the literary supplement of an edition of the Xi'an Evening News newspaper in 1965. One year later, the decade-long Cultural Revolution was sweeping across the nation. Without a doubt, the revolution dashed all of the young scribe's dreams. Chen saw or heard firsthand many famous writers being paraded and ridiculed in public, as they were deemed unwanted people or even. Enemies of the Great Revolution, the young dreamer was shocked, and out of fear, he burnt all of his diaries and other unpublished writings. Chen's turning point came only after the Cultural Revolution formally ended in 1976, and the nation gradually began to reform and open up to the outside world. A new editor was now in charge of the literary supplement of the Xi'an Evening News. The editor knew that Chen had been an occasional literary contributor to the newspaper before the Cultural Revolution. He tried many means and finally managed to contact Chen. The editor asked and encouraged Chen to write again and contribute some prose to his literary supplement. But Chen, after years of suspension, could not trust himself. I said, "Yeah, I've been writing for many years." 那文革你写都没人要嘛，文革那就没有出发表嘛。I said to him that I had not written prose for years. These writings could not be published during the Cultural Revolution years. I had only written work summaries and the study summaries of Mao Zedong thought for my commune. In the end, I put myself together and wrote some prose for the newspaper. This was the first writing marking my return to the literary world. This story was about a PLA soldier collecting herbs in a mountainous area and treating the locals. Good things don't come easy, but the prose published in the newspaper helped Chen Zhongshi regain his confidence despite his poverty and years of isolation from the literary world. So, it's been almost four years since I've been writing. 
At a time in 1977, a few of my friends in literary circles in Xi'an came to see me in the countryside. That meeting left me a deep impression. They knew that my family was so poor that I could not afford to eat properly. So they brought several dishes of food and wine with them. Having nothing special to offer, my wife could only offer them a plate of chopped raw radishes for us to drink with. We were so happy. During this get-together, one of my friends, a poet, told my wife that her hardship was soon to end. He said that royalties would be restored, and once this happened, Mr. Chen would earn money for her through his writings. Your life will be easier, he told her. My wife didn't believe him, so he took out a check of royalties worth some ten yuan and showed to her. He said he'd earned this with a short poem. My wife then said, "When can Zhong Shi earn money like him?" Chen's salary at the time was just thirty-nine yuan a month, so a ten yuan royalty seemed like a fortune to them. While publishing some short prose and novels to earn a living, the revived passion for literature had made Chen Zhongshi aim higher. At the age of forty, he became a professional author of the Writers' Association of Shanxi Province. But he never left the villages. The middle-aged writer was determined to compose a great novel that would secure his place in the hall of great writers. Let's have a short break now, and then we'll continue with the latter part of this story. If you have any interesting stories about China to share with us and can speak good English, why not join us in our worldwide broadcast? Don't hesitate to phone us or send us an email at life at cri.com.cn. You're listening to Life Up Close. In the late 1980s, the writer was collecting materials for his intended great novel, White Deer Plain. During the preparatory stages, Chen collected many original materials from a number of rural villages and towns adjacent to Xi'an. He stayed in shabby hotels, copying out local annals borrowed from local cultural agencies. After he began to write it, he stayed in his old shabby house and devoted four years to finishing the masterpiece. He later recalled that he decided he needed to return to the villages and keep a distance from the cities. Chen could have easily moved to a city after he became a member of the Shanxi Writers Association in 1982. He said that only by living in rural, isolated, and poor conditions. Could he mull over and refine his cultural life and turn it into literature? But as he was composing the novel, Chen couldn't be sure what kind of reception he could expect. I said to myself that if my white deer playing couldn't get published, I would go to breed chickens. I couldn't be a successful businessman. But I could do something concrete, like breeding chickens, which I really liked. As such, writing would be my part-time job. Chen's worries proved both unnecessary and insightful. The novel was released to the general public in 1992 and was well received. 
but not all critics were generous. Some condemned its problematic political stance, saying the novel intentionally defamed the peasant revolution. Others attacked the explicit sexual descriptions in it, and certain commentators said the author eulogized traditional China's patriarchal clan system, taking on a tendency of cultural conservatism. Although cherished by the author and his readers, the novel of more than 500,000 characters didn't receive official acclaim until 1997, five years after its first publication. A slightly revised edition of the novel won the Maldwin Literature Prize, one of the top four awards for Chinese literary writers. And this, according to Chen Zhongshi, was thanks to an influential critic called Chen Yong. Who strongly recommended it to be included in the final shortlist of the prize for that year? Having taken laurels at home, the novel has since been translated into many other languages, including Korean, Japanese, and Vietnamese. Its total circulation amounts to five million copies so far. The masterpiece has also been adapted into films and stage plays. A film of the same name was screened in 2012 and was directed by Wang Chuanan. It won a Silver Bear Award for Best Photography during the Berlin International Film Festival in the same year. Poverty, solitude, fame, wealth, and death. The writer led an uneven and novel-like life spanning 73 years. His life and legacies were surely to be a focus of public debate and a precious part of the new national tradition. Having become a celebrated writer in the late 1990s, Chen once advised young writers to get close to the land and the common people. He said, "To quote, you must have a deep experience and understanding of life. You must keep an eye on the development, the ups and downs of life." You not only need to observe closely, but also need to involve yourself in the real grassroots life. Condolences swarmed in immediately after Chen's death, and most of them centered around the personality of the late writer and his white deer plane climactic work. Director Wang Chuanan said, "To quote." Shanxi Province is home to 13 imperial dynasties. The region breeds a character of quiet confidence, earnestness, and plainness. My impression of Zhongshi is that he was like a rural gentleman in his novel White Deer Plain. His death makes our world now desperate to make money, especially utilitarian and monotonous. Zhongshi is his given name. It also represents his character, which is loyal and full of integrity. Jia Pingwa, another famous writer from Shanxi Province, said all he could express was sorrow. Chen was a great man of Guangzhou, the central Shanxi region. Jia said, and a literary icon of our times. When I think of his achievement as a writer, I describe it as this: the ocean is the eternal home of the water, the moon, though it wanes and sets, is always in the sky.
Everywhere you look today, China is in the news. But what about the lives behind the stories? How do ordinary Chinese live and work? Life up close answers the questions in your mind when you think of China. Over a billion people and as many stories from all over this vast land. Life up close, bringing you all you need to know about the real Chinese living here in China. You are listening to Life Up Close. From everyday groceries to high-end electronic devices, the made-in-China products sweeping the global market are undoubtedly a force to be reckoned with. Now, the Middle Kingdom is also gaining its importance in the global cultural sphere. The most recent typical example of this is that Chinese children's books writer Cao Wenxuan won the prestigious Hans Christian Andersen Prize in April. Let's go to Wang Ling for more. Now we come to the,、uh, writing, and the winner is Taiwan Chuan from China. At a recent Bologna Children's Book Fair, the best-selling novelist was honored with the 2016 Hans Christian Andersen Award, the equivalent of a Nobel Prize for children's literature. He's the first Chinese writer to back this global prize. During the ceremony, jury president Patricia Aldana announced that Cao's crowning is the unanimous choice of the judging panel. Cao writes beautifully about the complex lives of children facing great challenges. He is a great example of how writing wonderful prose and telling stories about brave children facing tremendous difficulties and challenges can attract a very wide and committed child readership. Born in 1954, Cao Wenxuan grew up in the countryside of Yancheng, one of the least economically developed areas in East China's Jiangsu Province. In 1974, Cao Wenxuan got enrolled at Peking University and took teaching positions ever since. A professor in Chinese language and modern literature studies, Cao started to put pen to paper. In his most celebrated work, *The Grass House*, or widely known as *Cao Fangzi* in China, the novelist features the six-year primary school life of a young boy named Sang Sang. Through the eyes of a child, readers experience a string of seemingly trivial yet so touching episodes. Such as the last moment of moribund man, the subtle entanglement of adults, as well as the warped dignity of handicapped boys. As novelist, meticulous texture works earn a loyal following in China. Some argue that its stories capture some raw and unvarnished moments of real life, which may not be suitable for young readers. The influential writer offers a response. Chinese children, they need such works. Chinese kids need these stories. They also enjoy these stories, which is the result of our history. We can't sugarcoat the reality, since we did live through our childhood in tremendous difficulties. If a society treats happiness as its sole touchstone, I think this society really should examine itself. Pursuing his literary career since the late 1970s, Cao Wenxuan has already published more than 70 works. Nearly 50 of them are translated into other languages, including English. Thanks, Wang Ling. With that, we come to the end of this edition of Life Up Close. Hope you have enjoyed it. Log on to newsplusradio.cn to listen to us for more. From our program producer Yin Xiuqi, this is Sam Duckett. Bye for now.